when disaster strikes. Will you be ready? Good evening, and we begin tonight with the monster hurricane and its deadly impact already. When all hope is gone, will the government be there for you? If you're looking for ways to take your prepping to the next level, then you've come to the right place. Broadcasting from a secure and well-prepared location, it's time for Prepping 2.0. And now, please welcome authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher at Prepping 2.0. So excited. They're all great shows. This is a big one. We've been waiting for this. Hi, Glenn. Hi, how are you? I'm Peachy. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. We're going to talk about uh, food is a weapon. You should have it, not need it. And one of the special things we're going to do on this show is, and we're not going to do a lot of our pre-topic stuff here. We're going to do it at the beginning of the second segment. We have Dan, the food industry CEO. We had him on episode 77, which aired on April 22nd, 2020. And he was saying all kinds of crazy stuff like there might be a shortage of canned foods because there's this special coating that goes into canned foods and it's made in China. And that there's going to be a supply chain problem. And not like we didn't believe him, but I was like, Wow, that's pretty crazy. And now, you know, we go to Walmart and there's like not a lot of canned food there for a variety of reasons. And and he's in this industry and he can elaborate, but he's going to give us an update. And he's a very busy guy and we have him for a few minutes. So we're going to have him give us the update now. And then we'll do second segment with our normal stuff. And then, of course, the after show, we will be reading Patreon's um, comments on the topic and to set up the topic and this isn't what Dan's necessarily going to give us the update on but the topic about food as a weapon comes from a post it's on it's there for Patreons um, states including Washington are stockpiling food like big time stockpiling food and this isn't the crazy conspiracy theory FEMA death camps down the road kind of thing this is like Seattle Times story and a Cairo News TV, local TV station story. So this is real, just accept it, it is real. And why they are stockpiling food, I think everybody gets, but what what that means, you know, they, they call us hoarders, they don't want us buying a lot of food, but they're buying a lot of food. And then we'll get into the topic of food is a weapon. It has been historically, and it's gonna be big time coming up soon. You should have it and you should not need it. And then we're gonna talk a little bit about this candidly late stage in the game, because we all think, I guess I should (laughs) describe the assumption, we all assume that November and the elections are gonna be a very spicy time. And so there's time is short now, and here's stuff you can do now, even though there's shortages of canned foods and all those other things, stuff you can do now to get the most out of this prepping time. So enough of me, everyone wants to hear from Dan, Hello and welcome, Dan. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Shelby. It's great to be back. Well, good. So I'm going to jump in really quick here, Dan. So what kind of prompted us for this reason to have you back on and give us a quick update is, one, we're the canned goods. You're seeing some news news articles and some information coming out saying that there's a shortage. Or The one that kind of prompted me was aluminum cans for, like, uh, breweries who are trying to brew beer are having a hard time getting hold of aluminum. And I remember when we had you on in April. Um, and by the way, you can go listen to that oh, episode. It's I in highly, the show notes. It's highly fabulous. recommend. Pretty much our biggest, I think our biggest yeah. downloads ever because people care about this. Episode 77 in the show notes. Sorry to interrupt. Absolutely. Or, or go jump on our website. But yes, I would. And you mentioned it. Oh, it's about a 12 to 18 month concern for the food industry. So tell us what you know and any updates you might have, because this is getting interesting to me. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I always enjoy talking to you guys. Um, as far as aluminum is concerned, the, the aluminum issue has accelerated beyond what we expected. Oh. Um, you're, you're right. I was thinking a year out somewhere along those lines for the aluminum shortage. Uh, that's where most of the industry was, was pegging the issue. But that's, that's really accelerated a little bit. We're starting to see issues in aluminum right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as you noted uh, before in the opening monologue, if you want to call it that, uh, aluminum is, is starting to be a real concern. I think one of the reasons for that is because the spike in purchasing uh, was much greater than, than anyone thought it was going to be. Um, and on top of that, the supply chains are not bouncing back nearly as quickly as we expected that they would. There are still ongoing issues 
worldwide with hotspots for COVID cropping up and those areas being shut down. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a mess to be honest with you. Although to be completely honest, the issues in packaging aluminum is a big one, but there are significant issues elsewhere uh, also uh, that, that we're pretty concerned about too. So what are those? I mean, yeah, give us, give us the lowdown, give us the scoop. Yeah, sure. So the, well, I'll tell you the single greatest issue that, that my company is facing is lids. Oh, uh, the 37, 38 millimeter flip top lids. They're just, they're unavailable worldwide <laughs> right now, hmm. uh, because they're injection molded and those are all from overseas. Those are all from China. Um, so anything with a lid on it, that's a flip top screw on style lid. Uh, you can bet that the company, any company probably doesn't have more than another, you know, two to four months worth of those lids in their inventory. That's a huge problem that's, that's kind of come out of nowhere uh, to go along with aluminum. So, okay. So when you say flip top lids, you just, you paint it like what we screw on a peanut butter jar or what, what kind or of. Or is it like the pull off ones like tuna yeah. fish, like, so you don't have to use a can opener? Well, all of them. Oh, <laughs> so geez. Primarily, primarily you're looking at the, the deepest, uh, the deepest uh, issues right now are in the 37 or 38 millimeter. So think of a Hunt's brand ketchup lid mm-hmm. or a honey lid. Like if you go to your store and you buy honey, that mm-hmm. size mm-hmm. of lid, that's what we're talking about. The smaller, so uh, the, the smaller yeah. sized flip top lid with or without, uh, uh, an orifice to pour the product out so, of. Yeah, so any of those a- smaller lids are, are essentially gone. My company actually, we're, we're so desperate right now. We just found a bunch in Germany from a company that shut down and paid twice what we should have paid. And we're having them shipped over in a container immediately because we, we've looked at the top 10 biggest suppliers in the country for lids and none of them have any, and they don't have a resupply time coming. There's no wow. time for resupply. So, so wow. that's what everyone's doing right now. So, okay. So now that we have that, that update mm-hmm. on lids, what's an, what's another thing that you see that's a concern? Uh, there is a bit of a shortage in uh, the styrofoam panels that uh, we call them panels, but the styrofoam panels that uh, protein comes on, you know, you go to your grocery store, they've got two pounds of beef if they have beef. Yeah. Uh, on a, on a flat of some sort because protein, the protein shortages are ongoing and that bottleneck is continuing. And as soon as some comes through, they're bought up. Typically speaking, the protein manufacturers don't keep as much product on hand as someone like canned foods, uh, would. So there's mm-hmm. issues there too. Um, there's issues in jars, uh, plastic jars and bottles of different types. I mean, really, you can point at any kind of packaging and there are shortages right now. The biggest two, though, are aluminum and um, screw on flip top lids. So, OK, so let me ask you this then, too. And you just kind of brought it up because one of the big things that I think was the shocker when we had you on in April was mm-hmm. you were saying the protein shortage. And I could already right. see it kind of happening. And then... I, we, I cannot tell you, we had multiple, I mean, dozens of people emailing us saying, thank you for that show. Because yeah. of that, I was able so to thank get, you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you, Dan, for that. I honestly, I, I bought a half beef and I have another half beef coming. So I, I do believe that that's a way to solve that is to go to your local farmer. They're, they're all over and, and order custom order your own beef because the grocery stores are, are really short on them and they're extremely expensive. And make sure you have a freezer to put it in yeah. or a couple. And Those, that, of course, is leading to the freezer shortage right see how all these things are cascading right. failures basically so yeah if you can give us an because right now you can walk into it used to be you could you know two months ago you could walk into costco and not find chicken now you can find these things but you're saying the shortage is still there so what what is the landscape for that look like now yeah well chicken's looking pretty good uh yeah. it doesn't take long to raise and slaughter a chicken right um beef on the other hand you're still seeing shortages uh, mostly because, well, really the same reason it was back in April. You're still having a huge bottleneck when it comes to processing and manufacturing. That's an ongoing issue. Um, states like Iowa, uh, when we, when we spoke last, weren't really having issues with COVID. Well, now they are. Uh, so it's just rolling through, um, our manufacturing and processing facilities one by one by one. 
one recovers from COVID and uh, they can start producing again and one 100 miles away goes down. So it's just kind of a slow rolling disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's really changed too much there, except that it's, it's going longer than I and most people thought it would. Most of us thought that wave one would be done by May or June and we would have a summer respite because back then we assumed that cold weather was COVID's thing and that's turned out to not be the case. Um, and we also assumed that as we went along, governments would be more open about letting people go back to work. This was, we were, the shutdowns were supposed to be a week or two. Remember mm. that? Oh, yeah. The, day. the good old days. <laughs> and Yeah, the good old days in April. And that <laughs> turned out to be the case. You've seen some areas that have had severe restrictions for a significantly longer period of time. So that's going to have an effect as well. Um, I will tell you that just on a personal note, quickly, uh, the local slaughterhouse, uh, here that I take my own animals to for processing is now booked up through October, 2021. Holy Toledo. So if you didn't get protein, the local farmer might not be able to get it for you either Yeah. for a year plus. Yeah. So just enough. Yeah. So I, I would absolutely agree with that. I just had a conversation with a friend. She asked me about uh, pork. She has an opportunity to get a half pork. And I uh, sadly, my freezers are full. And I said, call. That's not sad, by the way. It's not sad, but mm-hmm. they're full of meat. <laughs> I'm like, let's. And I said, let's revisit that and see if we can do something next spring. I mean, I'm that's how far out I'm planning my meat purchases. Whereas, you know, back in April in the good old days, I could, you know, I could go just buy some, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dan, could right. you touch on the thing, and I hope I got it right, um, the thing about the coatings for cans and commercial cans, you know, like cans of beans or number 10 tins yeah. or whatever. I, I think I remember that correctly. And I remember being astounded by that and thinking, holy smokes, what a weakness in this entire system. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that is giving uh, cans longer uh, shelf life when it comes to the food that's contained within. It keeps the quality of the food a little bit higher. Um, and it, that's been happening for a while. It's, it's a food grade uh, lacquer essentially is what it is. It's, you know, it's sprayed on and it's, it's baked into the can during the formation process. Um, it's especially prevalent in beverages. Uh, some beverages will corrode the can from the inside out. But again, it's really, it, it's just yet another example of how mm-hmm. badly we have outsourced our supply chain over the last many decades. Um, that something so simple is, is causing shortages. So that's, that's a huge issue, but there's also the actual aluminum itself that's an issue. So it's kind of a two part two-part scenario there you know, really the, the the liners are only produced to keep up with the demanding cans right mm-hmm. right you can't get the cans then the liner is irrelevant <laughs> so they don't want to overproduce the material that they spray in there well, so when funny. one goes down the other automatically yeah. does as well. it's funny you mentioned uh soda or pop depending on what part of the country you're in cans um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there being shortages because two days ago shelby said you know what's really weird at walmart there's there's not a lot of she calls it soda and she's wrong it's pop we all know that if you live in Washington Colorado or Ohio you call it pop and that's the way God intended it's in Leviticus we're going to be seeing counseling about this too by the way for all of you listeners but uh, uh, carbonated beverages and and they were they were pretty they're not gone but they're big chunks that are gone and then the, the only ones they have left are all the the gross ones that nobody wants, like the, the store uh, brands, right? The Generic. artichoke uh, cola, and I'm just kidding. That's not what's in there. <laughs> well, it's the, right. the lemon, lime, and right. cherry Dr Pepper slash Seven Up mixed. Yeah. Ugh. And yeah. so here we see shortages of things that, if Dan were right and he wasn't, you know, some crackpot, we would see tons of carbonated beverages. Well, we don't see tons of carbonated beverages because you were talking about aluminum cans and the uh, lacquer and so here we see it we have evidence and i'm this kind of old-timey guy that like i'm a lawyer i like to look at evidence and i like to compare evidence and weigh it and you know come up with rational decisions and not just freak out oh my goodness there's no you know dr pepper ah and so what we're seeing here in our little town is indicated is indicative of what you're saying so i love being able to like connect those dots well and and what that looks like for the and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the second segment 
I, for reasons beyond the time that I have to talk about it, I've had to go to Walmart a lot, like every two or three days. So what's shocking to me is I walk into the store and I keep because the, there used to be the time back in the old days in in May, <laughs> in April and March, where the little minions come out at night and restock the shelves. Right? There's nothing to restock. There's That's, no trucks coming. There's no in. trucks coming in. There's and and the trucks have nothing to bring in. And so I'm realizing as I look at you know through my prepping 2.0 eyes, I'm like, there's something wrong here. This isn't just. You know, this disruption from one event that caused a little blip in the system. This is now long term. And that's what you're that's exactly you're absolutely solidifying what I believed was happening. So and I'm going to throw you a curveball here, Dan, before because I don't want to take any more time up on that while we have you um, with the we've heard the stories about this and we want to see what your thoughts are. We've heard this, that the supply lines are kind of getting a little bit um, shaky, too, because the trucking industry is re- Reacting and, and setting down policies regarding some of these places that there are these crazy riots happening that they, I, and I don't blame them, they don't want trucks to go into these areas. We've seen that some trucking industries say, some trucking many or what, you know, businesses say, we're not going to places that have defunded the police. So can you, now this is what we've heard. So we want to hear what, what, it, what do you know about that? I guess is my question. Sure. Most of what I've seen in that in that regard has been uh, has been smaller trucking companies uh, at least making the threat. But I I have not experienced we as a company have not experienced any issues in trucking because of that. And we deliver to Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Minneapolis, you name it. We deliver there or we ship product there, I Mm -hmm. should say. And um, so, I, yeah, I've, I've seen the same articles and, and okay. such come out, but I haven't personally spoken to anyone in the industry who has experienced disruptions because of that. I, I think it's out there, but I think it's smaller companies. The, the two companies I've I've seen that are doing that are very, very small. Okay. And they could they could close their doors and it wouldn't have an impact on the trucking industry at all. So that could be an issue down the line, but at this moment in time, I, I I'm not too concerned about that. Okay. Now ask me ask me again in mid November. Yeah, because things but, move so quickly. Yeah, Everything yeah. we talked about in April, you know, what was that? Da, 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 four months ago. Um, now there's you know changes. You mentioned the the problem with aluminum uh, actually became a bigger problem, hitting us sooner than Much we thought. Much quicker, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll keep yeah. that question going because I could see that happening, especially as violence continues to uptick. I could see policies yeah. being made. So yeah. So okay. So talk to us about a little bit, and we only have like five minutes. So I'm trying to. That's why I'm like no more st- storytelling. Tell us kind of the <laughs> fruit, the fruits and vegetables <laughs> area because remember. All you know, way back when in April, the you know farmers dumping vegetables and 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 throwing out product because of the inability to get them processed. So, uh, do you have any updates on kind of the the fruits and vegetables produce side of this whole equation? Yeah, and, and back when we talked in April, most of that was going to be uh, producers who supply food service, right? That's what we, we right, talked about. Right. And by food service, you mean yeah. restaurants and institutions I mean, and things like that. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Like 30% yeah. of the food is consumed that way. I remember you telling mm-hmm. us back in April, right? That's right. That really That's surprised right, me. 30%. That's a big number. Yes, it is. And you know, we are seeing some of the same issues in fruits and vegetables that we, that we were seeing in protein, where there's a bit of a bottleneck in manufacturing. Uh, there are a lot more, and I don't have firm numbers, but many, many times over, there are a lot more fruit and vegetable processing facilities in the United States than there are meat. The meat facilities are absolutely massive, mm. and there's there's a few of them, but not nearly as many as fruit and vegetables. So we're a little bit insulated from the COVID effect uh, in that regard. Um, social distancing is a little easier, um, in, especially in California, where so much of that comes from. They have really strict uh policies in place for that. It's a little bit easier in the fruit and vegetable industries uh, than it is in meat. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because a lot of that's outdoors, obviously. And in meat, it's all indoors. It's all refrigerated, et cetera. So yeah, there's issues there, but not to the extent of protein at this point in time. Well, and it seems um, to me the protein, or sorry, the produce issue is more the packaging. We need to, be, if we're going to put it, if we're going to can anything, right. if we're gonna, if that's more the packaging issue. But Glenn has a question for you. Yeah, uh, we yeah. have about, uh, we have about four more minutes. Um, could you just 
just make some more predictions. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Could you just say some stuff that we'll play back in a couple months and say this Dan guy's amazing. He got this right. I mean, tell folks out there what they need to know and, about what's coming. And also to advice that you would give preppers now knowing what you know and in, in kind of in this updated fashion. Sure. Yeah. I, I would say a few things. And one is I know that the food is on the shelf right now. You go to Walmart, you go to Costco, wherever you go, you, there's plenty of food on the shelves. Please, please take advantage of that. This is, these are the good times back in 2017. Wow. Got a little bit of a hiccup in we the got a little phone hiccup. call Let's stuff. See. People oh. went out and bought it. Okay. Can, right? Hang on just a minute. Let's stop you there. That's, That's what this is. Can, yeah. You cut out for a moment. You Could you just minutes. start at the beginning? When yeah. You said, you said back in 2017, go, go from there. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah. Go go right ahead. Okay, great. So back in 2017, what we saw is that everyone relaxed a little bit because Trump was president and no one bought guns and ammo. Well, a lot of people went out and bought a ton of guns and ammo and they're glad they did now. Yeah. Right. That is where we are in the food industry. We have a bit of a respite right now. There is food on the shelves. People are no longer stocking up and there's a lot of data to support that statement. People are no longer stocking up. Basket size is going down. But what's happening is there's not a lot of built up inventory anywhere as far as food is concerned. That was all blown through back in the spring. So we went from, uh, we are paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, at this point when it comes to the food inventory that's out there. Please don't stop. Keep Keep supplying yourself. Keep buying, keep a plan on a big garden next year keep trying to get protein, keep trying to get chicken. Uh, one thing I'm going to say is, uh, packaging is going to be a significant issue this winter. There's no way around it. It's already baked in. Even if everything went back to normal now, inventory is, is it's too far behind when it comes to packaging. So it is going to be an issue. Um, I would say that, uh, Protein, I mentioned protein, I think, already. Mm -hmm. Uh, Food cost inflation is a big deal. The CPI, the Consumer Price Index for food, shows that food has gotten a lot more expensive, and the predictions are that it's going to continue to get a lot more expensive. So you need to buy now while you still can. The weakening dollar and a lot of other factors are driving costs up. Pre-buy your groceries, and especially before the winter. That would be my advice because you're going to see costs go way, way up. Uh, in the winter when it comes to food. Uh, I don't know how much uh, how much time I have left. That, yeah, that's, that's, uh, oh, boy, that was a great, great awesome. way to, to sum it up for folks. Yeah, we have a, a little bit of time. Dan, you know, thank you so much for coming on. It is so cool, seriously, for Shelby and I to be, be, be able to say, oh, golly, there's an update on what's going on in food. Let's ask a food industry CEO. And it's like, oh, my goodness, the amount of information that you get out via this show really actually helps people and affects them. And I hope everybody out there listening is heeding Dan's advice. He's been right about everything so far. And I always put my trust in people who've been right about things. Folks, I, yeah, again, thank you, Dan. And Dan's got a, a whole, he's Bunch got a busy schedule and you, you can hear little, little kids' voices in the background. He's got a family, he's got all kinds of other things. Dan, we're going to have you on again probably every few months as we continue to write out this COVID thing. And folks, don't go away. We'll be right back right after the break. We'll be right back with more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Shelby Gallagher and Glenn Tate right after this. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. 
EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or a CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. And we're back with more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everybody, to segment two. Now we're going to do the things we normally do in segment one. We're going to start off with the top 100. We're at the top 100 things that go the quickest in a collapse. We're on item number 76, and Shelby knows all about this. Shelby, what's item number 76? No, item number, well, for, let me just stop right there, and just, it's always a good idea to go to our website. Yeah. It's just, just. What a, is our website, Shelby? Uh, well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Prepping2-0.com. I really encourage you to go to the lower right corner where it says top 100 things that disappear in a collapse. I always talk about this. It's based upon the Bosnian collapse in the 90s. And uh, we're on number 76, which is reading glasses. Who needs reading glasses? I do all the time i i've talked about this before i have recently had an eye surgery that corrected major bad vision but now it makes it so i need readers all the time i have a pair of readers i joke about it i joked about it with my ophthalmologist every and they're two, not funny people they well she is though she is kind I, of really have a, I have a really good ophthalmologist <laughs> every two feet in my house there's a pair of reader glasses until i get some progressive glasses i get I, why did you have surgery to get rid of glasses so you could have glasses don't worry about yeah, it's it. It's a long story. It's a long story. It's, it's violates HIPAA oh to even tell it. But yes, have reading glasses because here's the one thing that if you don't, if you're young and vibrant, awesome. When you hit about 40, 50, 55, 60, you need reading glasses. Everybody does. That's why they're everywhere. Get a bunch of them in the different levels. Yes, get them and put them away. Here's the cool thing about reading glasses. They're at different levels. They're just magnifying glasses. Yeah. And so it's not like you need a prescription for them. So if you just get even an assortment of them, they'll probably be okay. They're not individually prescribed. So it's something you can get. They're really cheap. And I'll tell you what, I could see that being absolutely huge to somebody. Uh, you can help somebody out, even barter. And so really a great idea from the top 100. We get so many good ideas from the top 100 and this is this is one of their better ones i gotta say oh yeah and you can get you can buy three packs of them at costco on sale all the time you can buy them for a couple of bucks at a at a drugstore i mean seriously get i would get a, about honestly about six to twelve pairs and have them on hand seriously quick note quick note um there's a there's a thing on the website it's you know how to how to expand the prepping 2.0 community if you guys could share the shows, if you if there's a like thing, if there's a rating, if there's a comment, all those things drive algorithms and algorithms rule our lives, sadly, but true. So if you're out there being sort of active with an episode, whether it's on Podbean or Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, geez, I don't know where else, uh, YouTube, all the other places, if you're just sharing, liking, commenting and rating it really goes a long way. And if you're listening to us on radio, you can't do any of that stuff. So there you go. Well, but we love our radio listeners. I know, we though. love our radio listeners. Shelby, what's next? That is a great question. I'm looking at the board here. Oh, yes. 
So exciting. So exciting. The Merch Shack. We have updated our Merch Shack with some awesome new merch. And this is all merchandise that... Uh, that all of our Patreons have received a selection of based upon their levels. And these are all kind of the extras. As, and some of the extras we'll keep and some of them we won't. But the biggie that everyone loves, that everyone, everyone loves. Like hundreds of people. Yeah. Like they know me at the post office because yes. we ship them out so much. The I Miss America face mask. I know. I know. A lot of us don't want to wear them, but a lot of us also still want to go to Costco. If I Miss America emblazoned across your face and I, and Don't Tread on Me Yellow makes a statement. So we're selling face masks. Believe what you want about how effective they are. What We know that there's a lot of controversy there and, and it's a lot of irritation there. But our product is dumb and useless. Yes, Let's but just it's say fun that. to wear and it opens up a conversation. I actually had somebody yeah. grumble at me. I'm oh, like, really? oh, okay, go ahead and grumble, honey. To I, punch her in the face and say, no. shut up, Karen. Yeah, no. it was a Karen. It, it truly was. was. Karen. It was a Costco too, where you're required to wear a mask <laughs> a to go Costco shopping. Karen. No, they're great. A guaranteed conversation started. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. A face mask that says what you feel. I miss America. Well, we have sponsors. We have awesome sponsors. We have a new one. Let's talk about our uh, our existing ones, our 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 longtime ones, and that would be EMP Shield, New Mana Foods, Katie C A T I Armor, Backwoods Home, and our new one. We love these guys. Minutemen Coffee. Do you want to break the news about the new blend they're offering and how doggone cool it is? They're, I saw it on the Facebook, so it's out there. It's we can, true. We can it must be true. We can officially release this information. So Minutemen Coffee is our new sponsor. Love them. And they came out with an I Miss America blend. And it's delicious. Oh, my goodness. This is my the stuff. ship has arrived. Yes, you have your own coffee. I have my own coffee sponsor. Has a coffee addict. What? I mean, it's like... It's. Can you ask for anything more? No, you cannot I, no, ask for no, anything I'm more. We've just peaked. so excited. You know what we should do? We should be like Macaulay Culkin. We've peaked, and we should just like like not try anymore. No, wait, that turned out horribly for Macaulay it's, Culkin. Well, Let's that, not do it's that. It's that one time elbow pump. Yes. Yes. It's like, hey, I got my own coffee, and all these strangers are looking at you like, who are you? I am Shelby Gallagher. Yeah, and I have my own coffee. So there you go. So with that. there you go. And then you do the elbow pump. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, here's a new feature we're going to have. And it's the terrible prepping idea of the week. Yes, oh, a little bit of fun and frivolity there because here's what it is. We're gonna come up with, as the name implies, a terrible prepping idea of the work. It's a little of the week. It's a little bit of fun. Terrible prepping idea of the week is I'm going to rely exclusively when the America collapses. My one only prep is going to be beekeeping because with it, after investing a couple thousand dollars and spending a lot of time, I can produce quarts of honey. And I'm sure that that will feed me and my family. Um, no, you need all the other components of prepping. You can't put all your eggs well, in one hive. See what I did there? Honey doesn't go bad ever. And that's awesome. And that just means that the motorcycle gang that's going to steal all that honey from you and kill you is going to have yummy honey to put on. I don't know what what motorcycle outlaws put on honey on, but they're going to have plenty of honey. So this is just kind of a fun way of emphasizing that you need to layer. You need to be multifaceted and you don't you as an individual don't necessarily need to do all of this. And if you've got somebody that's a beekeeper, that's awesome. If you can trade with a beekeeper, awesome. But this is the idea of not putting all your eggs, as I say, in one hive. <laughs> so funny. I'm We're awesome. in fuego today. I know. That's Spanish for on fire, as everybody knows. Um, lurkers. If you are one of the lurkers, you listen to the regular show. We, we love it. And, and that's cool. And that's great. We love entertaining you and all that. But you keep saying... I would like to hear the after show that's only for Patreons. And you keep saying, I would like to be able to ask people like Dan, the food industry expert, a question um, and, and get an answer. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? Well, you know, it's kind of expensive to be a Patreon. It's two bucks a month. And so lurkers, you you like the show. You know you like the show. I don't know how many people send me a message and say, oh, my goodness, the after show is even better than the regular show. I'm so glad I did it. So lurkers come out of the shadows. A quick note on a technology front, and that is I get a lot of questions, so I thought I'd answer it this way on the show. A lot of Patreons, new Patreons will say, hey, where are all the shows? The answer is there's a, 
a post on Patreon, either on the website or on the app. The app's really good. Each each episode has a post, and there'll be a post, for example, for this, and it'll say episode 90, 94, and it'll have the full show, which includes the after show. So there's no like archives bank of all of the after shows or anything like that. You just get a post every week that has the link to the audio file. And it tends to be a Thursday. Tends to be a Thursday, yeah. Although we've been stepping up our game and we've been doing it on Wednesday now. So Oh very good. So look so if you're like, where do I go find them? Like go back in the post to and kind of look at your calendar and look at those dates and we look at Thursdays and Wednesdays. Yep. Thursdays and, yep, there you go. So here we go. And and now we're gonna get into sort of the main part of the show. This is where she and I talk about food as a weapon. Before I do that, speaking of Patreons, I put up the video we we referenced about the state of Washington and presumably other states. Um, buying up all kinds of food and what all this means. And there's a lot of meaning to this. It doesn't just mean the state of Washington bought a bunch of, you know, ravioli, you know, Chef Boyardee ravioli. It's way deeper than that. So I put that video up for Patreons. Um, Several, several comments and questions from that. So we'll be reading that in the after show. As we always say, the Patreon comments and questions are the best part of the show. I mean, you guys, you Patreons, you really bring issues to light that we never thought of. So there's going to be that. So I'm going to go ahead and set the stage now for the main part of the show. And that was what I mentioned, this 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 video out there. We did the, uh, the Ice Age Farmer YouTube video. He's a guy with a YouTube show. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I'm a subscriber to Ice Age Farmer. And he does some commentary as he's playing this, this the video of this story. And his commentary is really, really insightful. So a couple things. Um, first of all, you'll remember that the government, especially the blue states, they would tell us, remember that when toilet paper, the toilet paper thing was going on four months ago, you know, way back when, and they would say, don't be a hoarder, right? Hoarding. Remember that was like There's the no worst insult to, yeah. possible. There's no need to overbuy. No need to overbuy. And they, and so they said that, well, here's, here's what I find kind of hypocritical. Um, the government's doing it. They are overbuying the snot out of food. I mean, millions and millions and millions of of pounds, tons, cans, however you want to measure. I mean, the, the amount of food that they've bought is absolutely staggering. Oh, I, it's so funny. You know, I just skipped over the big question that some people might have, but a lot of people don't have. Why are they buying the food? We all know why they're buying the food. They said it was COVID-19. I don't believe that for five seconds. Absolutely not. It's not COVID-19. It's... Uh, general election 2020 is what it is. That's the disease that they're trying to cure here. Well, and I encourage people, especially in the show notes, go back and look at look at them, read them, and look at the Cairo 7 article. And a couple of things I want to point out with that. This isn't just a little warehouse behind a building. This is like Costco-sized warehouse, floor-to-ceiling stocking up. This is major. And if it were COVID, why weren't they doing this in March? Yeah. This and and some people might say this. And I was thinking about this since we started kind of developing this topic. This isn't food bank kind of stocking up either. Ew. This is keeping it in a warehouse and not redistributing it right now. This and if this were COVID, they would have been doing this back in February and March. And they would have said, "Hey, a bunch of people are unemployed. Hey, but don't worry, we're the government. You elected here us. To help. We're here to help." Reelect me because uh, my administration bought all this food and is giving it out to people. That's how this would work if they were actually going to give it out, you know, for actual COVID stuff. They know what's coming in November and they're acting accordingly. And they they, um, you know, they're competing with us. You know why they don't want us? There are two reasons they don't want us to have food. One, I think a lot of them are like hateful left wingers that think we're all a bunch of hillbilly derelict you know, knuckle dragging rednecks and and they just think that us buying food is insane. And maybe you have people in your own family who think this, right? And so there's a little of that. But the main thing is they don't want us to have food because they want to have all the food. Why do they want to have all the food, Shelby? Because food is power. Food is power. Well and let me let me just throw this into this mix because this is what we really want to talk about is how food is power and it can be weaponized. Here's the other thing. Uh, the government has been in discussions with people like Dan. They know what's coming up for the fall and the winter that he just told us about. You don't mm-hmm. think those discussions haven't happened at yeah. that kind of corporate 
level with government. Oh, yeah, that's why they're buying it up because they know for, what's coming. And Dan just told you what's coming. Yep. So, yeah. So for if anyone calls you a hoarder, just say, well, then go yell at your elected official who's doing the same thing seriously and is advocating for your state government to do that. So the the uh, kind of the other thing. I, so let's talk about that, though. F- food is power. Food is a weapon. How can that how does that play out? Yeah. First of all, I would go back. I'll answer that question because mm-hmm. unlike politicians, I'll actually answer the question. But a little bit of background. Look throughout history. And by the way, you don't have to go back hundreds of years. You can look at present the present day world at any number of places in the world right now, you know, in 2020. Food is a weapon. Governments or gangs. And by the way, it's not just governments holding on to this food. And, and doling it out on their terms. It's going to be gangs, too. Listen to the show we did on the cartelification of America. But anyway, um, remember Somalia. That's probably the best example that most Americans are familiar with. You know, we, we'd send in all this food aid and all these warlords were stealing it and then either only giving it to their people or selling it or blah, blah, blah. If you ever watch the movie Black Hawk Down, the, the opening scene is very, very uh, disturbing about how the food is being used as a weapon. It's gone on in history. Um, it is how wars are fought. Um, I don't know, read Sun Tzu. It's about if you can control the food, you can control the population. And don't think for a minute that the, I'm going to say it, communists, the communists trying to take over this country don't think that they're don't think that they're too they're above using food as a weapon they're going to use food as a weapon they're going to use guns as a weapon they're going to use electricity as a weapon they're going to use water as a weapon they're going to use the internet as a weapon they're going to do all of that stuff so food is a weapon well and let me throw this out here the example i think of is when venezuela collapsed a few years ago and food immediately became very scarce when maduro was brought in as their socialist tyrant leader and he paid his troops who were starving he paid them in rolls a roll of toilet paper right he bought their their loyalty with one roll of toilet paper because everything was so scarce and that's toilet paper that's not even food that's not even food that's crazy exactly and so you've got history that shows that governments will use food as a weapon and if you think that America is just like different than all of humanity for all of time, um, you're mistaken. And I don't think many do. Here's another thing that makes this even worse in our situation. And that is how dependent and entitled the general population of the United States is. We talk about it all the time. I mean, that, you know, 99 percent of people out there and we're talking people in big cities and suburbs, they just have. They have no way of making their own food, growing it. They have no way of processing their own food. They have not stored any food. They are grasshoppers just playing in the summer, right? And then the ant is storing up all the food. So the the point with this is the government can really effectively utilize food as a weapon because it's going to be such a big deal because there are no other options for huge swaths of the population. They're not like you, the listener. They're not Prepper 2.0ers. They are not Glenn and Shelby. They do not have any food whatsoever, and it is going to be darn effective. Am I evidence for this? Remember how I do that whole evidence thing? Look around with all the face masks. Look around at all the social distancing. Look at how America you know, land of the free and home of the brave. Look at how America started like standing on little X's when they were told to do so. And they wear masks and they do all this other stuff. We destroyed the economy over this fake so-called pandemic that really isn't one. I mean, so if you need any evidence that the general population is going to do whatever the government says, if you think people are going to wear face masks just to get into Costco For food. For food. Well, to buy it. What do you think they're going to do if the only food in town is the government food store? They're going to wear a mask. They're going to, whatever they got to do, like join the Democrat Party or vote Democrat or whatever it is. I'm being halfway serious, but halfway kidding. They're going to do whatever it takes to get that food. And government knows it. So this is like the nuclear weapon of controlling a society is controlling food. Well, and I want to reference a show that we listened to, one of our partner podcasts out there. We've had him on our show before, John Jacob Smith over at Radio Free Redoubt. He and Lady Liberty were on recently, but they did a show recently, and I posted on my social media talking about how their concern over this, the weaponizing of food, you will get government food if you take this kind of sketchy vaccine. Mm-hmm. For COVID, that's untested. That is 
uh, sketchy. I'm just going to say, you got to go listen to the episode. So if you're hungry, yes, shoot something in my arm. Yes, I'm so hungry. You know what? I don't need to stand in a line waiting for government to give me food and me to have something injected in my body that I might, I might, I actually very vehemently disagree with. I got this. I can take care of myself. I don't need to subject myself to the, to the government for that. That is a very liberating and independent feeling. And that's, I'm good with that. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. And if, if you are a Christian, not all of our listeners are, and this is not a religious show. If you are a Christian, you should not put yourself in a position in which you need to submit to governmental authority in order to have your family fed. Because government does not have your best interests in mind in general. And if you are a Christian uh, and a conservative and all those other awful things nowadays, uh, the government really doesn't have your best interests in mind. Guess who's going to get the food first? It ain't you. It ain't you. So this mm-hmm. is why we say food is a weapon. You should have it, not need it. Well, we have a few more minutes, unless yes. you have anything to add. No, a- but I, I, I do encourage, and maybe we can put it in our show notes, a link to that episode, because that, that just draws this out a little bit, especially this when I say sketchiness of that of the upcoming vaccines that are being proposed. These are not the vaccines of 40 years ago that you and I were you know, have vaccines. Yeah, they were you know, these are politicized, decades. I will say that. So but yeah, but going back to kind of what we we're saying, look all over the world at how you can have access, you know, think of the long lines in Russia that we always remember you and I remember as kids when uh, I'm sorry, the USSR, the Soviet Union back in communist Soviet Union. Look at what it takes to get food in anywhere that there's communism, socialism, where there's tyrannical government that uses food as a weapon. It's it's tragic. It is very liberating and and freeing for those of us as preppers going, you know, what? I don't need to I don't need to go. I don't need to go crawling to government, you know, hoping for a handout. I'm good. And not only that. Chilling cornbread tonight. Yeah, we're good. good. Yeah. And not only that, we got a greenhouse, we got a garden, we got fruit trees. We're good. Thank you so much. And not we have a network. We have community people that we barter with and we trade with. We have some gold and silver that we can buy things with on the black market. And we have some guns, and I'm going to leave it at that. I mean, we're not going to go out and steal stuff, but we're going to defend ourselves. Yeah, yeah. but you had a thought there. Yeah, I think what I'd like to start on, and then it'll, of course, go in the after show, is what you can do. And this is more aimed at newer preppers, but it's a good, I think, refresher for prepping 2.0ers. And that's what you can do. Well, here we are. It's August. And the election is in November. Time is short. And you heard that from Dan. He was yeah, very clear. This is this, this clear. winter. It's going to get it's going and food prices are going to skyrocket. That right. was a shocker to me. Right when there's all kinds of political and undoubtedly economic instability. Time is short. You got a couple months. Now, we're going to say it like we always do. Lose the normalcy bias. You guys probably know what normalcy bias is. It's your your brains. It's human nature. Humans always want to think everything's normal, and they sort of put a a square peg into a round hole when they look at reality they go well it's not like it's this is like a crisis or anything i mean everything's normal so and here's how this plays out with what we're talking about maybe you said well you know i really want to build a greenhouse and start a garden that would be awesome by the way that is awesome and that is good time is short you can't solve this problem right now by planting a bunch of seeds in august and and having them grow in November. What you need to do now, and this is assuming you haven't already started, and and even if you have started, here's something to do to add more to your layer of canned food. And by that, we mean commercially canned food. If you can it at home, that's cool too. But commercially canned food, um, number 10 tins, we're a big fan. They're those big kind of like food service industry things. Like coffee can size. Coffee can, exactly. Thank you. Coffee can size. You know, go to places that restaurant supply places um, that have those sorts of things and get cases, cases of canned food because canned food's not going to be around in, in the quantities. It's around now. It's not going to be around much. Get the grains, get the beans, get the rice. Here's where normalcy kicks in with, say, rice. Well, you know what? Now at Costco, rice is 50% more than it was. Instead of $10 for this bag, it's now 15 Loses the normalcy bias. It's $15. Get 10 of them. Because you just right? heard it from Dan. It's going to be $25 in a few months. Don't be like me. A couple months ago, I was telling Shelby this story this morning and she was laughing. A couple months ago, I was like, 
when when ammunition was like dirt cheap and it was completely plentiful, it was on sale for goodness sakes, right? Hmm. And I look at this and I go, ooh, 11 cents a round for nine millimeter. I'm going to wait till it gets to about 10 cents a round and think about it. Now, what is it? Like 75 cents a round and you can't find it? If you can find it. You can't even find it. So saving that penny a round means I don't have a bunch of nine millimeter. Now I have plenty, so it's okay. But I'm just saying, don't try to compare things now with today's situation to the past and don't use higher prices as an excuse for inactivity. Don't sit around and go, I'm not going to pay $15 a pound or $15 for this bag of rice. Well, that's crazy. It's 50%. Lose it. Lose it. It's normalcy bias. Get the rice because you're going to need it because it's going to be way more or unavailable or worse yet. You're going to have to pledge your allegiance to a communist dictator to get that rice. That $5 a pound is a pretty doggone good bargain right now. Do it. Do it now. So let me add one. We have about a minute left. We've all seen uh, canning the, uh, canning supplies yeah. flying off the shelves. We've seen the deep freezers flying off the shelf. We've seen that. This is one I want to throw out there that I still see. If you are like, I'm interested in a greenhouse. There are greenhouse kits out there for a few hundred dollars. Buy it now. Yeah. So that you can get it fired up and do all your research, watch all the YouTube channels so that you can do the greenhouse next spring. It's don't, too late to start something right. probably right now. My point was don't yeah. count on it feeding you in, in November. And, and speaking not, of November, but plan ahead. get a turkey now. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Get a frozen turkey now because Thanksgiving is an important thing. And you don't want to have no turkey on Thanksgiving when this country is in a civil you war. Need, you in, need to be. The, you know, think ahead. Yeah, we all need to think about Thanksgiving and make sure we're th- we have something to be thankful for. So everyone take a deep breath. <sighs> I did that. Get ready. Get ready. We have much coming up. Yep. We have much after to be show. thankful for. No we have clocks. The, we have the after show coming up too. But we as Americans, I want to give everyone some hope here. Again, from one of our founding fathers, Benjamin Frank- Franklin. I'm going to say his name without tripping one of these days. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Everyone, go out and buy a case of canned goods this week and keep doing it over and over again. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Shelby Gallagher and Glenn Tate. All of the fun and easy prepping information heard on this podcast can be found online at prepping2-0.com. You can also find out more about Glenn's books online at 299days.com and about Shelby's books online at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.